You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal! Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as we have another fantastic show for you here on a Wednesday. A lot to get into. Uh, We've had to change some things because if you haven't been following what's going on, at least the last couple days. Arlington is a dumpster fire. It's an absolute dumpster fire. And it is for everybody. Like, we got to be clean, right? I mean, what's going on with the A's? What's going on with the Rangers? If you haven't heard, we're going to update you right now. But, man, I mean, we got guests planned. Guests can't come up now. I mean, it's just been it's been kind of a wild day for us just to take you behind the curtain. Roxy Bernstein is going to be here. He's calling the game at 2.30. Obviously, things are a little different because, uh, as you can see, Cody is not with me. And I have to use my computer for the show today, so I'll have to look right a lot. Uh, Paul Himikiti from ESPN. I'm shocked. Hembo on the morning show Get Up is allowed to come on today. I'm surprised he's allowed to even go home and be with his wife. And I know his wife's pregnant with twins. I'm surprised he's allowed to even partake in his family now that LeBron James has signed a contract extension. Uh, I I thought, like, anything that happens with LeBron, ESPN just has to go LeBron 24-7. Everybody has to give up their lives. But somehow, some way, Paul Himikides is going to join us at 3 o'clock. And then... We have a new podcast for Acast, and it's going to be really special. And it's not about the team. It's not about the players. I mean, so much of what we do is about the players. But you know what? The players, they don't make up this franchise. I know you love them. I, they're why you watch. I get it. But they're not the franchise. Folks, players come and go. They don't stick around. Ricky Henderson, oh, Ricky Henderson field, Ricky Henderson this, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson hasn't stolen a base for the A's in how many years? I mean, none of the players have done anything. All these greats, I mean, let's face it. What makes the franchise go around are the great employees of the franchise. Players will always come and go. Great players will come and go. 
but it's the people in this franchise that make the franchise what it is. And I know you go, well, I don't pay to see them, but let me tell you something. They're the people that make everything happen. And a lot of people that we're going to bring on are people that help these guys get to be Hall of Fame type players and great players and all-stars and MVPs and everything. Players don't do it alone. And then the next crop of players doesn't do it alone. And then the next crop. Well, we're going to unveil part of our new series called Inside the A's, a podcast that's going to run on A's cast. And we're going to do it not only throughout the season, but through the offseason. And we're going to lead off with the vice president of stadium operations, a man who's been with the athletics for 42 years. A lot of you fans know him. You know him personally. The great David Renetti. It will debut today inside the A's. He's our leadoff hitter. He is our Ricky Henderson. And you're going to get about 15 minutes of it. But I can tell you the conversation, fabulous. It's a half hour long about his life, his life growing up in Oakland, starting with the A's as a teenager, never working for anybody else. And the crazy stories that go with running the Coliseum. There's a lot of crazy stories. A lot of things have happened other than just A's baseball. I think you're going to love it. We're going to take you inside to places you've never been before. Talk to people you may not know about, but you'll figure out how important they are. I think it's a great time to do it. So you'll get your first look at Inside the A's here coming up at 3.30. So Roxy at 2.30, Hembo from ESPN at 3 o'clock, and David Renetti at 3.30. I saw this note, and it makes me feel good. If you're a baseball fan, I promise you this is going to make you going to go, all right, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I just want to pull up the standings when I, before I give you this. But I saw this note today, and, you know, there was a lot of people. Remember when we went through the collective bargaining agreement and you had those, let's just call them what they are, not very smart, base, uh, not very smart business people. It's unfortunate that there's people with high standing, there's people that have been in baseball a long time. They've been in the media or they've been broadcasters or whatever. They're good at what they do. But when you ask for their opinions on certain things, especially business matters, they're just not very good at that. And that's a really politically nice way to say it. They don't get it. And we told you here on Ace Cast Live, Expanding playoffs will be great for the game. It hasn't hurt anybody else. Did it hurt the NFL? Did it hurt the NBA? Did it hurt the NHL? Did it hurt college football? God knows one of the biggest money makers in professional sports history. If you base the timeline, the amount of money, and when the event is, the success of the NCAA tournament is absolutely historic. The amount of money that this basketball tournament, it's college. College. Not the NBA. Not the best players in the world. It's college. 
some of these teams or a lot of these teams don't even have a guy who will ever even play in the NBA. College is financially one of the greatest models we've ever seen in American sports. And it's not a season. It's one tournament, one time a year. It is so popular. It gets amazing ratings. We all love it. Even if you're not even a college basketball fan, you'll love it. You're, you're gonna, you, you, okay. you'll love it. Or once you learn about it, you're going to love it. It's a major success. Money, ratings, entertainment, we love it. And all they do is keep expanding it. So I've been trying to figure out all this time. If I can tell you, NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, uh, golf, college basketball, everywhere we look, tennis, expanding championship play is nothing more than a cash cow and brings more entertainment. But for some reason in our sport, baseball, people that have worked in our game and around our game for a long time just don't get it. And they're never going to get it. And it's why you don't see us bring them on anymore. There's certain times we just, I don't want to talk to these people because they don't understand it. They don't get it. And they're going to give you this, I liked it the way it used to be. Well, it's not the 60s. It's not the 70s. Some go back to the 50s. It's not even the 90s. Expanding playoff baseball has already proven it's going to be good. Because those naysayers said, oh, it's going to kill the trading deadline. 29 teams made trades. 29 out of the 30 teams made trades. Did you know that? 29. And then how about this? We got 50 days remaining in the schedule. 50 days. 18 of the 30 teams, that's 60%, are either in playoff position or within five games of a playoff spot. 50 games to play. We now see the finish line. You're running that race, right? If you've ever run any type of marathon, smaller marathon, anytime you've run of these races, you're like, oh, my God. And you see the finish line. You can now see it. It's in the distance, but you can see it. You're one win streak away, one lose streak, one losing streak away from, oh, my God. The, the, the Braves are reeling in the Mets. The New York Yankees are two for their last. Wait, wait, hold on. I have a note on this. The Yankees have scored nine runs in their last seven games. Commander had it for us. And, Cody, I can't even see you. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Cody, how are you? I'm good. If people don't know, I'm at our studio in Jack London Square. So this is where I'm working from today. You can even see the nice A's cast mic flag that we had set up years ago. It's been a while since we've been in this Jingle Town studio that's the size of a closet. But uh, Why aren't you wearing a mask? I'm fearing for your safety. Uh, it's actually pretty safe in here. Um, so I, I feel okay being here. Um, the style- By the way, that mic, that mic, and I remember now being in there doing shows, that mic sounds different. It's got a different sound to it. I think because we're used to a, a little bit, we're used to using the headsets a little bit. So having that mic, yeah, us using an actual microphone and not the headset, it's a little different for us. But uh, the Yankees Hot are now, man. the Yankees are now, I believe, two and eleven since they traded Joey Gallo. 
So is that a they're, the, the they're, curse they're, of Gallo? The New York Yankees. Um, I hope I have Vince. Do we? Have, do I have Vince or Roxy today? Might be Roxy. I'm not entirely sure. Because next time I have Vince on, remember Vince was crowning the Yankees World Series champs in in June. Eight and seventeen and since the break. So, I, I I and and I made the prediction that the Yankees will not be in the World Series. Now the Yankees still have a sizable lead in the in the East, and I do believe they will they'll end up winning the East. But uh, at, that's down to nine. It was double digits. They're two and eight in their last ten. They are not scoring. They have lost three in a row, and they're going to go into the postseason looking like a team that is, uh, let's say, super vulnerable. And, but Cody, wouldn't you say this is the great thing about the expanded playoffs and it's paying off? Look how many teams are still in it. 29 out of the 30 teams made a trade. I mean, it just shows. Now, some of those teams are like the A's were giving away player, but it's still, it was movement. Look at all the movement. 29 out of 30 made trades. Look at all the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now with 50 games remaining, where the A's have 45 games remaining. But as a baseball fan, I mean, Cody, isn't this going to be great? You're coming down the stretch, and there's so many different teams. And hopefully we'll get that magic of the final weekend where so many teams are still in play for those playoff spots, including the extra playoff spots. I think, I mean, you already mentioned it. It's tremendous for the game. And you got a team like Baltimore who – they sold off two players at the deadline, and they're actually playing a lot better since the deadline. They're down one nothing right now against the Blue Jays, but they're trying to sweep the Blue Jays in Toronto to be within. I think they're already a half game. I think our game back in the, from from the final wild card, and they're in it for a team that no one thought was going to be there. And then a team like the Padres, who is uh, um, sitting in the third wild card spot right now, but they're struggling. They're winning right. They're winning today. But they could potentially miss the playoffs, and a team like Milwaukee could get in where the Padres, everyone crowned them. Uh, they were going to go to the World Series and play the Yankees. By the way, you will have Vince Catronio, the great Robert Costa, let me know. So you will have Vince today. So you can bring oh, up. Oh, I got Vince. Vince had the Yankees win in the World Series in June. I think a lot I, of people, they, oh, they're invincible. They're going to, they're going to break, they're going to break the Mariners' record of 116 wins. That's what I was told. And I said, I'm not buying it. Yeah, they've lost five straight series. Two one-dimensional, and one of their big dimensions is on the IL, of course, John Carlos Stanton. I know you're not shocked. Achilles tendon tendonitis. Aaron Judge is only going to carry it so far. I haven't checked, but last time I heard, they'd only won three games this year where they didn't homer. And once, you know, Donaldson's not hitting, the other guy's not hitting, and it's all Aaron Judge. Bullpen hasn't been as good. You're relying on Lou Trevino. Yeah, you're not so invincible anymore. Hey, could they still make it? Sure. My money's against them. Um, Big news today. Big news, and we'll talk to Roxy coming up here at 2.30. Elvis made the comments. And I'm I'm sure the comments played to this. I think the comments, um, they are what they are. You know, players feel very entitled, and that's part of the and that's part of the organization's fault. 
the organizations dote on these guys like you wouldn't believe. Baseball is a sport like no other. Baseball is a sport that you can be old, bad, and we still give you standing ovations every single time because of what you used to do. I mean, I I don't know of another sport that does that. I mean, look at the way we have treated Albert Pujols. Look at the way we have treated Miguel Cabrera. Elvis Andrus is, you know, hey, a guy of my caliber. I understand what you used to do, but I know what you do now. And what you do now, it's not great. And there's these expectations that you treat guys, you know, hey, he's a big leaguer. He's been a big leaguer for a long time. What the hell does that mean? I mean, in other sports, once you can't play, they they, they move on because that's what happens. I would expect the same thing for myself, but, but when I'm not when I'm not firing at my best and I don't have the I got I don't have my bullets and I'm not the best talk show host I can be, move on from me. I get it. Why should I have to celebrate you for being a two? What 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 was Elvis hitting at the end? And I know he had a home run last night. He finished his career as a 241 hitter with the A's, 11 home runs, 67 RBI, and a 638 OPS in his what year and a half with the A's. 638. I mean, come on. Come on. What are we talking about? Steven Piscotty was hitting under 200. They're great people. I get it. But this is professional sports. You win or you lose. You either compete and put up numbers or they go find somebody else. 237 Elvis was hitting this year. 237. What, what does anybody owe anybody hitting two? You're getting paid. Is he not getting paid? You're getting paid millions of dollars to be a below average player. But in baseball, we have, oh, the reverence for a big leaguer and a guy who's been around for a long time. So what makes Tom Brady so great? Tom, Tom Brady's what, 43? How old is Tom? 45. Be close. He's not 45. He's 45. He just turned 45 recently. No way is Tom Brady 45. Tom Brady's birthday is August 3rd, 1977. He just turned 45. Wow. I thought he was still like 43, (laughs) 40. Tom Brady's 45 years old and competes every day at practice. Uh, Not this year, but every year prior, yes. He's taking time off this uh, training camp. All I know is that guy for how many years – battled every day like he had to earn his spot every day go to a practice for the chicago bulls back in the day and chicago bulls practice was like a game because michael jordan came to play hung over up all night gambling get up play golf whatever michael jordan came to practice he came to play the great ones they're not sitting there talking about what they used to do and why you owe them They play every day, every day. I mean, they play every day like it's game on. We don't owe you. We don't owe you because you used to be good. It's it's a dumb concept. It truly is a dumb concept. And you signed the contract, man. 
That's the other thing that drives me nuts is like all of a sudden, you know, that as you see, when you sign that contract, you didn't think about the end of it. You only think about making the money now, what it's going to be. And it's going to set up your family. Don't feel bad for Elvis. He's made over 130 million in his career, but he signed that contract. So he knew at the end of his contract to get that extra year, he's going to need the plate appearances. But when he signed that contract, he didn't think he'd be leaking oil at the end the way he was. We don't know anybody. We don't. I don't. We play that game in baseball for some reason. Uh, when you're not getting the got job done in the NFL, what happens to you, Cody? Uh, you get cut. When you're not getting the job done in the NBA, Cody, what happens to you? Cut or waivers or traded. You, ain't, you don't play. You sit at the end of the bench. Yeah. If they have to just have you because they have to have you, they sit you at the end of it at the end of the bench. You don't even get in. Well, you come out, you do shoot around, and then for the rest of the game, you wear your jumpsuit. You don't play. No standing ovations, no Yachty or Molina standing out in front of home plate so the St. Louis crowd can constantly just shower you with praise and you're hitting 220. That doesn't happen in other sports. And some of you may say, that's the romantic side of baseball. I would agree. But then somebody like me has to bring you back to reality. Romance is over. We need to move on. What's best for Nick Allen? It's not Elvis bitching about his plate appearances when he's hitting 237. All right. You got a lot of game left? We'll see. There's 29 other teams. 29 other teams. He's going to clear waivers. Now, interesting conversation here is the 550 plate appearances. Could Elvis get that? And I'm sure the A's are thinking he's got to clear waivers, which is how, how many days? It's at least a few. And he's at 386 plate appearances on the year. So he'd need another 100 and what was it, 164. So there's going to be, he's not playing tonight. Then there's the X amount of days it takes to get through waivers. Sorry, 114. And then if someone signs him, he's not going to play every day because the A's would have to worry about that. Because if if the if he went and got those plate appearances, he clears waivers and goes signs with somebody, that contract's still out there. We were kind just because you DFA, just because you DFA somebody, doesn't mean the contract doesn't exist. I, I believe. I'm not sure on the parameters of that, but we were kind of throwing that around this morning. A couple of us here in the office, like, what contender could Elvis go to? And we threw out the Braves or the Yankees, but I'm like, yeah, no one's going to want to pay that 15 million dollar. Well, he can opt in after the 550, well, they, so he's 164 no, they, away. They, they wouldn't owe that to him unless they claim him off waivers. Yeah, so if I, they don't claim him. If no one claims him and he becomes a free agent, he's that's a different deal he would sign. Yeah, that, and theoretically, I believe that's correct. Uh, I'm not a front office guy, that, but I'm going to take your word for it. I'll play a front office guy right here. What time is it? 2.23. Chris Townsend, assistant general manager, Major League Baseball. Two what? 23. 2.23. Elvis gets to that 550. 
which now the A's are the A's are going mathematically impossible. He's going to have to sit out X amount of days. No one's going to claim him. And they're doing it where he lives. So I don't know where Elvis is living in the Bay Area, if he's renting or whatever, but that's you can have somebody go over there, clean up your stuff, and send it to Texas. I mean, what's great for Elvis is that he lives somewhere in the Dallas area. Arlington is just outside of Dallas. Like, you can see downtown Dallas from Arlington. Um, I believe so. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah, Arlington is not but far from not Dallas. That. Huh? Arlington what? is not far from Dallas. No, it's not. But he lives somewhere around there, so he can pack up his stuff and go home. So maybe they're doing it now instead of put bringing him back to Oakland and he can take care of that. Maybe they're kind of doing him a solid that way. I'm not sure. But I do know this. Nick Allen, here you go. By the way, where's Nick Allen hitting tonight? I haven't looked at the lineup. I'm going to pursue. You haven't looked at the lineup? I'm going to presume leading off. Nick Allen, leading off, playing shortstop. What has yours truly wanted all this time? For Nick Allen to play shortstop and lead off? There you go. I've been asking for this, and why not see it? Nick Allen playing short. Oh, David McKinnon's making his A's debut. Yep, we got another debut tonight. Let's see it. Because what's key here is these kids come up and they learn how to be a pro. Even though they're already pros, remember, you get paid, you're a pro. In the minor leagues, you're a professional baseball player. But you understand the big league lifestyle. You understand you got to go find a place. You, You understand the travel, the hotels how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your body. You got to talk to the media. You got to do a bunch of different things that you've never done before if you played college baseball into minor league baseball or you were in high school and went into minor league baseball. I mean, you talk about a jump going from a high school baseball player to being a professional baseball player in the minor leagues. I mean, it's a different world. You're not living with mom and dad or just mom or just dad or grandma anymore. You're now traveling around God knows where in which towns playing in minor league baseball. But now you're in the big leagues. So it's key to get the – God, I got to call Bip Roberts back. Man, I was – I was uh, Bip, Bip and I were exchanging, and Bip would be a great guy to talk about this because Bip, you know, was Rule 5 guy, sent back down. I mean, Bip, Bip's done it all in the game. And just talk about what that – taste of big league life is like to get you ready because what we need to do with all these young guys is get them ready to compete for jobs next year in spring training when we go to ho-ho camp park next year spring training we need these kids ready to truly compete for jobs not given jobs not handed jobs winning jobs so you go, Nick Allen is the shortstop. Why? Because he won that job. He's the best option we have. Let's go. And all these kids, bring them up. Let's see. Christian Pache was handed a job. How did it work? How did it work, Cody? Uh, he's back in AAA, working on some things, hitting 262. He never earned it. He never earned it. He never earned the job. And it sent him back down. Now, hopefully he's going to come back. By the way, 
Braves ink up another young guy. Unbelievable. Michael Michael Harris is second, eight years, $72 million. So if you're counting at home, and I know you are, that's Michael Harris, that's Austin Riley, uh, both under 25, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., he's inked up for eight, his deal was eight years, he's under 25, Ozzy Albies, five years, was it, yeah, five years, or was it sad, I can't either way, he's he's under 25, Matt Olson's 28, but you got Olson for, eight, what, eight years, they got everyone locked up, it's a smart way to run your team. Well, it also tells you what they thought about Christian Pache. Well, I, I also said it, too, about the, 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 how much they thought of William Contreras, who's catching for them. They traded Langoliers, who's our top, now our top prospect, and they trade them away, and they have a top catcher who was an all-star this year, by the way. They're locking up all these young guys, all these young guys under 25. They're the world champs, by the way. They've, closed, they've reeled the Mets in, and they have two games left in this series. They got to go against Scherzer and DeGrom in these next two, correct? I'd have to look. I thought that they were saying that the Mets were actually going to miss them. Uh, let me see. I have the app open I right now. I think they're going the next two games. Or if they miss them, whoa. You're right. Yeah, it's Scherzer tomorrow. Sorry. I thought they said that they were they were going to miss them in the series. Who's tonight? Scherzer's tonight and tomorrow's DeGrom. There you go. You just follow my lead. I'm trying to set you up. I'm like Jason Kidd just throwing dimes out here, and you're just dropping passes. You've been meetings all day. That's your problem. Yeah. Jay to Rizzi pitching tonight for the Braves, the new uh, newly acquired from the Astros. So let me ask you a question, going back to the standings. If the Mets lose the next two games to the Braves, and the Braves are only a game and a half back, how much are Mets personnel and Mets fans going here we go again. Same thing. Something always happens to the Mets. The last time it didn't was the Subway Series in 2000, and the Mets unfortunately had to play another great Yankee team. But all these years, Mets always have something go on. And there's collapses, and there's injuries, and there's craziness, and ownership, and blah, 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 blah. If the Braves at home can win these next two games and they beat Scherzer and they beat DeGrom, which you're not even beating guys anymore because I don't even – I'm going to have to admit something later on in the show, Cody. Can you make a note of that? Uh, yes, if you're going to admit you're wrong, I definitely will make a note of it. I mean, I have to do I'm it. Wrong. I don't know. I, I, you make me admit when I was wrong. No, I'm not wrong, but I, I admit when I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Uh I'm just going to have to change the way I think. I think I'm officially, after getting excited for Dylan Cease and Justin Verlander yesterday, and I, I, you know, I got my, I got my scorebook here for, and I'm watching the A's game on my television, and then on my computer, I, it's the South Side of Chicago, it's Houston, it's Verlander, it's Cease, it's White Sox, and your boy Dylan Cease in this big matchup goes a big five innings. That's what he normally does, though, because he walk, he throws so many strikes, or he walks, he throws so many pitches. It's it's 90 pitches, five innings, gave up three runs. Ah, panic, take him out. These these big pitching matchups don't matter anymore. They just they, they it's it's just I have to just realize that your generation is ruining starting pitching. So they're 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 like starters, but they're not. They're like five innings, maybe six, and then it's to the bullpen. And it's really your generation front office people that are doing it. And it's just, 
That's how everybody wants to play now. So I can't get excited about starters anymore. I just can't. I guess I guess I'll have to I'll have to live and die and go out with Justin Verlander. Most likely. Because the yeah. rest of them are sheep. They're sheep. Uh by the way, Roxy's here, so I'll add him to the uh to the stream. Roxy Bernstein, how are you? Hi, Uncle Townie. What's going on? I just said after last night, I, I'm 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 changing my ways. I I got all excited for Verlander's cease. I was watching the A's on my TV, but I put that game on my computer because I was sold this Broadway play. You got to get tickets for it. It's the best. It's a pitching matchup of the century. Dylan Cease goes five innings and he's out. I just, you know what? Death of the starting pitcher. Roxy, I'm not going to get excited about starters anymore. They're just not who they used to be. And it's like Justin Verlander and I will retire together when starting pitchers meant something. Now it's five and dive and everybody's happy. I'm sorry. So you, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton, riding off into the sunset, huh? That's it. He and I are going to play golf and just look at her all day long. That's it. (laughs) It's over. It's over. I have to admit it. Where's my 401k? I got to sell my house. How often do these much-anticipated matchups, doesn't matter what the sport is, Chris, how often do these matchups live up to the billing, right, up to the hype? Like, we build it up, build it up a quarter of the time, maybe less, and we get so excited for these matchups that it's so hard to live up to it. And I think that plays into it, that, look, these guys, whether it's Verlander, Cease, or or whoever, they're not going to be – at the top of their game every night, they're going to have off nights. They're not going to have their aced up every game. I think that was an example of it last night. They weren't bad, but it wasn't what we'd come to expect the last number of starts. Oh, but he'll he'll be lights out against Kansas City and MLB Network. We'll talk about how great he is. I'm done with it. It's like Brady Manning going up against each other. Then at half, ah, Manning's not coming out for the second half. He's a little tired. He's throwing too many passes. Gosh, I remember I was calling a game. It was like the biggest game of the year. It was on. It was on the Bayou. It was LSU Florida. Gino Toretta and I are doing the game when Florida was That's number one. And they had what's that? Yeah, yeah LSU Florida SEC. Back yes, in the day. That's a big Saturday game. night, Death Valley Baton Rouge. Florida was number one with Tebow. Ooh. LSU was number four, and the game was an absolute dud. Thirteen to three was the final score. <laughs> it, it just. It's not always going to live up to our dreams and our imaginations of what the game is going to be like. At this time of the year, do you start, like, as much as you're knee-deep in baseball, does the college football blood start get flowing? Because you know it's right around the corner and big games are coming your way. Oh, yeah. In fact, this morning, Chris, I was doing some work to get ahead of the game for my opening week of college football because I have two games that opening week. So I was printing out rosters, getting some depth charts from schools today, just to kind of get ahead of the game. It's something to read on the way home and do some work tomorrow on the flight back to the Bay Area from Dallas tomorrow. Even though I've, I've got some more baseball coming up next weekend, I'll be in St. Louis Saturday, Sunday, Braves, Cardinals. But, you know, you have to stay in tune, and there's only so much prep time I have, so I might as well jump into it, especially – when I have two games that first week, like I do with Arizona State on a Thursday, then UCLA on Saturday. Oh, you know, really going to be really going to be interesting just in your travels 
Because you're, you know, being being Pac-12 Network like you do, you're going to run into all the big boys, you know, up there in that press box, the administrators, athletic directors. You're going to get some really interesting info about the future of college sports, which is such huge business, college football. What's going to happen with the Pac-12? I was just playing a golf. I, Just played golf two days ago in the morning with a guy who was a. Uh, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you were frozen for a second. Uh, I was just playing golf with a UW graduate, a guy that lives up in Seattle, and he's like, "I think we're going to go to the Big Ten, but I don't." I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next, uh, really, next couple months, and you're going to be right knee deep in it. My gut says, Chris, it's going to calm down. That everything for the next little while is going to be status quo. But I do believe we are headed down the road of mega conferences and it's going to be the haves versus the have nots. And where, for example, will my alma mater be? Will will there be enough chairs for Cal at the end of the day? And what's going to happen with Stanford and Oregon and Washington, the teams that are left, I do believe that there'll be some strength in the the Pac-12 teams that are left. I know those, the hearings were going on today down at, LA as far as the regents and looking into why UCLA is trying to move to the big 10, but it's going to be an uncomfortable couple of years here. I think for both USC and UCLA as they're exiting the conference. And it certainly is a, a weird time in college athletics and especially in the, in the pack the pack 12. Can I do my traditional rip cow, low hanging fruit joke? If you want, but you don't want to take your shot. Bears, probably the best team in the Bay Area, but go ahead. I'm just going to say, hey, no USC, no UCLA, no Washington, no Oregon. Maybe Cal can finally make it to a Rose Bowl. You know what? The way my life has gone, all I've wanted is to see Cal in the Rose Bowl once. I don't care how we get there. I really don't. I just want to see it. Am I asking for too much by the time I die is I want to see Cal in a Rose Bowl? Uh, I, I can already, pre- let me predict it. Good Cal season. Welcome to the Sun Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Cal Bears up against a, but, you know, take the Sun Bowl, Roxy. Enjoy it. Uh, hey, in Texas, where, where is Chevin Cordero going to take the Mighty Spartans this year? Hey, look out. We're climbing a mountain. Coach Brennan, by the way, we got to talk about him. I saw him at dinner the other night, man. Now, and Lawrence Fan, I don't know who to contact the great Lawrence oh. Fan. Unfortunately, I'm passed away. Crushed. I, I what a don't great know man the, Lawrence was. Who the new SID is at San Jose State. But right now in Texas, I just, I mean, I understand Elvis Piscotti. I have no problem with it. Good guys, but it is what it is. We need to move forward as an organization. But they're tough conversations. People like the players. It's just tough. And then I look over on the other side. It's like it's like dueling dumpster fires right now. You fire, you fire. Your, did you hear what I said about dumpster fires? Well, you, you're going on. How about so the A's make a move and they have to get upstaged every day by the Rangers, right? The A's release Stephen Piscotty, who just a consummate pro, such a great guy. It stinks, but it's the nature of the beast. And they have to make a managerial change that day, right? Today, part ways with with Elvis Andrews. And now all of a sudden the Rangers have to counter and they have to move on from John Daniels. So no matter what the A's do, they have to get overshadowed because in Texas it's always bigger, right? Uh, what is your first impressions of Shea Langoliers after he made his uh, during his major league debut last night? Well, 
keep in mind, Cody, it's not my first impression because I had him a bunch when he was at Baylor. Uh, I had him in the postseason twice with Baylor in the NCAA regionals when they played one year at Stanford and one at UCLA, and I had one of his games against Oklahoma in college. So I got to see Shea play a little bit, and obviously I know his coach, Steve Rodriguez, who joined you yesterday, and I already knew the talents and what he was capable of. But yesterday, how about that? First pitch of his major league career, he rips a double to left. And it's funny, talking to him post game, he wasn't sure the ball was fair. And that's why he paused and hesitated rounding first. But what a moment for him. And first major league pitch that he sees to rip a double. And I know he struck out three times after that. But there's a reason why that everybody's so excited about him and his abilities and why he was considered the top prospect in the organization why the Braves took him ninth overall in the draft, and we're going to see it. And he's dh again tonight, but I think it's great he's coming up and he's going to have opportunities here with the A's. Do you think there, he, in, a, in the long-term plans with Sean Murphy, a catcher, he could play in the outfield potentially? Do you think that's something he could do? I think he's athletic enough, Cody, where he could. I, I don't know if that's in the plans, but Langelier is – He's a much better athlete than people think he is. When you look at him, you're going, okay, he's, a, he's kind of built like a catcher. He's thick. But he can move. He's athletic. And I wouldn't put it past him if they wanted to put him in the outfield, if they wanted to try him at first base at some point. But it's a nice luxury to have if you're David Forrest, Marcotte, Billy Bean, right, that you have Sean Murphy won the gold glove last year. Now you're bringing up this big prospect in Shea Langoliers. You have Soderstrom in the minor leagues. You drafted Susak. There is a myriad of catchers and yeah. highly touted catchers in the system right now. Yeah, and, and I looked back and looked in at Baylor. Langoliers played a couple games at first, a couple games in the outfield. But, you know, just as long as he's in the lineup, uh, that's all our fans want to see. And as you mentioned, the hit double in the first about On the first pitch, you don't see that very often. I think the last player to do that for, catcher to do that for the A's was Ramon Hernandez. So. Yes, Langoliers is bringing a lot of excitement for the Ace fans right now. Uh, Adam Aller's on the mound tonight, and we know he's had an up hey, and down. Can you hear me? Uh, I got you, Chris. You got me now? I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You can, you can hear me now? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, Roxy, I'm going to tell you this. Langoliers, you just don't bring him up to DH. He's 24 years old. This is a guy that's used to playing every day. He's used to being a captain. He's used to being a leader at catcher. You've got to figure out to do something more than just say, Big Murph's the guy and this kid's DHing. That's not the answer with 45 games left. No, and I, but I think the plan is probably that if I'm reading it right, judging by Kotze's comments yesterday, what David Forrest had to say with the media, that every week Murphy will catch five and Langoliers will probably catch two games. Um, would you like to see it? And, that, more and that's when you got to find him something else to do because well, you just don't take a 24 year old and say, Hey, DH. Yeah. And for somebody who's as real, as good as he is behind the plate, look, as good as Sean Murphy is as a catcher, Shay Langoliers is that good also. And yeah. I don't now he doesn't have the experience that Murphy has. And look, Murph's got the hardware to, to, to show what he can do. But Shea Langoliers is a tremendous receiver. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's athletic behind the plate. So I think that the sky's the limit for him as a catcher. Where, you know, Soderstrom, maybe his future isn't behind the plate. He's good at it, but maybe his future is at first base. Or maybe he could become an outfielder. 
where Shane Langoliers, there's no doubt where his future is. It is behind the plate. Yeah, it's it, it's isn't it just great to see? Because I know how I feel back here in the Bay Area. I feel like something's fresh. I feel like there's something to watch I, to get me excited about tonight's game. I know the fans are going to feel like that because, all right, hey, we're seeing debuts. We're seeing young guys, potentially the future. What is it like in the clubhouse and what is it like around the team? You know, it's been a weird trip from the standpoint of right before the trip, Jed Lowry gets DFA, right? And here's a veteran, respected player in the clubhouse who's had a terrific career. And then in the midst of the trip, Stephen Piscotti gets released. And now you have the Elvis Andrews situation where he's gone now. It's made for a weird week and a half with this team. But at the same time, there is this influx of energy in you, right? J.P. Sears has come up, and he's looked good in his two starts, and he got the win again last night and snapped the losing streak. Legoliers is here. Um, what Nick Allen has continued to do. Uh, I talked to Cal Stevenson at length, actually. He's going to join us on the pregame tonight. And what he's been able Forward to bring. promote. To I like it. Forward That's promote. what we do. What's coming up next, cross-promoting. He will join us at A's Total Access. Um, but first off, Cal Stevens, he's a great kid. I love talking to him. The local kid grew up an A's fan. It's a tremendous story. And he's ecstatic that he's getting that opportunity with the A's at the major league level. But I think the youth infusion guys like that, it's tangible that there is an energy. There's a new vibe and let's face it. This team needed a new vibe, right? It'd been a tough go of it. The team was in the midst of a losing streak. You bring up Langoliers, he ejects some life into the lineup right away. Stevenson leads off the game last night, rips one in the right field corner for a double. Not only are these young guys here, Chris, but they're contributing, and I think that's also important. What do you make of 50 games remaining on the, on the schedule? Obviously, the A's have 45, but they're ahead of a lot of teams. 18 of the 30 teams are either in playoff position or within five games of a playoff spot. That's 60% of the league coming down the stretch has a shot. I think you have to love that as a baseball fan. And for the A's, I think it's a great barometer and a measuring stick for where you need to get to. And it's a, it's a great look for these young guys to see what contending teams look like. Right. And they're not getting a, a grasp of it here, but they did in Houston. When they come home Friday, the Mariners are coming in. Seattle's playing great. So these are eye-opening experiences, I think, which are going to be beneficial for these young guys. And also, these final 50 games, Chris, we're trying to figure out. David Forrest and Mark Kotze and Billy, they're trying to figure out who's going to be a part of the equation, right? Next year, are we going to be ready to compete? And if we are, who's going to be a part of it? Could Cal Stevenson be an option? Shea Langoliers, we know, is going to be a part of the equation. You're getting a look at David McKinnon's going to play first base tonight, who's got a cup of coffee in the big leagues with the Angels. What's he capable of? You're going to find that out. Can J.P. Sears do it over the final stretches? Can Adam Aller figure it out? There's so many things over the last 50 games of the year which this young team is going to try to learn and give a blueprint, I think, for the front office to move forward into next season. Well, and, and just looking nationally, 
I mean, everybody wanted to crown the Yankees World Series champions, and they're leaking oil big time. Mets right now are being reeled in by the Braves. And L.A. without Walker Bueller, we had that for you in the broadcast, and you talked about that. I mean, it's not going to hurt them down the stretch. It's going to hurt them mightily in the postseason. So some of these teams you thought that were just going to breeze, uh, they're not breeze. It's not going to – that breeze isn't as strong as it used to be for them. Well, for the Dodgers, look, as good as Gonsolin has been, right, and Urias has been as well, it's different come the postseason, which you know. And Gonsolin now all of a sudden, I think there's more pressure on him once they get to the postseason, as dominant as he's been here in the regular season. And then you look at – I'm not worried about the Yankees, Chris. Their lead is so big, really? they're going to figure it out. They're You're going not worried at all about the Yankees? What's that? You're not worried at all about the Yankees? Chris, I, look at that lineup. Are you, are you, they don't are you hit other than they're not hitting. Do you think they that's going to last? Unless they hit home runs. You think you, Stanton's going to stay healthy? Do you healthy? think that's going to last? Yes. I've already said they will not make the World Series. Look, I don't know if they're going to make the World Series, but this stretch they're going through is not going to last. When you've got Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, you go on and on with the – the bats that they have. This is not going to – at some point, they're going to start hitting again. They're too good. They're too good. The Astros thing will end up winning the American League. You know, How's that bullpen? you got Lou Trevino closing games for you. How's that mighty bullpen right now? It's a concern, and Holmes going on the injured list today. <laughs> but Holmes hadn't been good. I mean, would it, would it shock me if Toronto or Seattle, somebody found a way to sneak through – if it wasn't the Astros or the Yankees, no, it wouldn't shock me. Because as we know, it's not always the best team that wins. It's the team that's playing the best. And I think the Yankees will figure it out. They might not have home field advantage. The Astros may secure it. And I don't think the Yankees will be nervous about going to Houston and trying to win. As long as they're not banging trash cans, the Yankees will be fine. Oh, wow. Shots fired at the Astros. Yeah, I, I love did. It. I did. Yeah, you did. Uh huh. In Texas too. Yeah, but I'm upstate. I'm not in Houston saying that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good call. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Sounds good. All right, Chris. See you, Cody. The great Roxy Bernstein. Join us right here on A's Cast Live. All right, Cody. I'm going to restart my computer, so we have no issues with Himbo. Uh, hopefully that helps. It's more of a that could help. It seems like a Wi-Fi issue too. Um, I don't know. But that well, could- I got the hard I got the hard line in now, so I'm going to restart. Listen to some wonderful commercials, and we'll be right back. Paul Hembakidis joined us at three o'clock from ESPN right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, are we good? I mean, I hear you, so that's a good sign, and I see you. All right. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> now, you know what I think it is? Is, you know, I have two ways to have internet in here, and you had it connected with the gray cord and that's just not working so i did the blue cord which i use my comrade none of you at home care but what i use the comrex for i put that line in and we have no problem that's weird because i use that gray one every day yeah but you're going through a different connection with it Uh, i don't know well as long as we're good now it's all that matters i hate this technology i want all the fans to know I, i i promise you by we can't do anything this season. By next season, we will be delivering it in a different manner. Well, we're back. We're back in enough time because Hembo just joined. So, where is Hembo? Well, there's big LeBron news. I'm sure you want to start with that. Well, I just, <laughs> I just want to say that. Are Are you at home? I'm at home. So, when there is LeBron news as big as signing a two year extension. ESPN allows you guys to go home and have a life. <laughs> I can you know assure LeBron you. James signed a two-year extension. You should oh, leave your wife. You should leave your pregnant wife. You should be back in Manhattan, and you should be covering what's happening with LeBron James. This I can promise you, my friend. When at 8 Eastern on the East Coast, you turn on ESPN tomorrow, it'll be awfully early for you guys. You will hear Mike Greenberg say, it's time to get up with the LeBron extension. Yada, yada, yada. I can assure you, those will be the first words you hear on the show. And then from 8 to 8.10-ish, I think we'll probably talk it. That, my friends, is a good guess. So I I, I was pretty much going to bet your A block will be LeBron and nothing but LeBron. That's my best guess, too. I've not hopped in the rundown yet tonight. But look, I mean, this is a slow time of year, uh, a year for shows like mine. We're just making up storylines when it comes to training camp, right? So LeBron signing an extension is like a bombshell by our standards. All right, we're going to go LeBron 1, Dallas Cowboy training camp 2. I mean, look, I mean, how many touches is Zeke Elliott going to split with Tony Pollard? There's been a lot of regression there. Over the last three seasons, Zeke has as many fumbles as he has 20-yard rush attempts. So, like, I'm I'm happy to go there if you are, my friend. Happy to go there. What's Nick Saban doing? (laughs) Nick Saban will probably be, like, towards the bottom of the hour. Nick Saban, I'll tell you what, though. Nick Saban does not have as good a tan as you do right now. You look absolutely splendid. Well, let's just say I've been out on the golf course the past few days. I mean, you you look like some bro that like started a like a sunglasses company with all your dropout college friends. And based on what the you know the facial hair that I'm seeing, Cody growing, he, he looks like one of those friends. So you guys have a nice little nice little deal working. It looks like to me. Well, you got to remember, I was on was at the beach for a week in San Diego, and I said, you know what, I was pasty white before I went to San Diego. I got the tan back. And I'm keeping this baby rolling. I, I, I uh, very much appreciate it. Cody, I'd love to see your camera, if, if, you, if you don't mind, because when I first uh, logged in here, 
it looked like you were wearing like an A's. Yeah. Yeah. So you are like, uh, you look like the, the pitching coach. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in like the, you're going out there. <laughs> I'm in our, I'm in our A's office. That's why I look so nice. No, you look like, are you doing like personnel mapping at the moment? Or just like mas- masquerading as a, as a, as a radio sidekick? Because like you, you definitely pass as, as a money ball extra. You pass as someone that could be in the front office right now. Like you, you're probably doing high level decision. Hey, you know what he looks like? He looks like the third trainer that no one knows. Like he, like every once in a while comes out onto the field. No one knows that. You always know who the head trainer is, but you don't know who the third guy is. And he's got that. That kind of top that Cody has on, he he does. He looks like the third guy in charge as a trainer. And that guy, unfortunately, has to be like the hose holder because that guy, you know, called out <laughs> sick. So he's got he's got two jobs today to make to make sure that that everything is functioning at a high level. So it looks like you're running you're running stuff for the scouting department. You're doing the grounds crew stuff. You are the third string trainer. Like this is a this is a quite the operation you guys have running out there. I am wildly hey, impressed. We we Keep are a big league. By the way, we have. To have fun, as my notes say, 50 days left in the schedule. Mm. A's got 45. We're out. So we have taken a National League team and an American League team to root for, and we will talk about here on A's Cast Live. In the American League, to honor my great friend Ray Fossey, I am, and they play the way I like, pitching, defense, contact, stealing bases – I am going with the Guardians in the American League. In the National League, because of you, your twins, and my love of the great city of Philadelphia, my new National League team is the Fightins. I'm going Phillies. Let's go Fightin' Phils. You're my National League team. Let's get this as the Mets. Uh, DeGrom and Scherzer against the Braves the next two nights getting pretty interesting. Oh, I'll tell you what. That, that sound that you hear in the distance, that sound that you hear in the distance is every executive that works for Fox <laughs> calling calling their boss and saying, they just pitched a Guardians Phillies World Series. We have to be out of this business. That would <laughs> be wreckage. Like the pitching and defense selling point might be cool for you. Um, but I'll tell you what, that, that team's uh, – the Guardians, uh, is an, they're an excellent story this year. Like, definitely uh, under the radar. The White Sox are coming strong. But I've been really impressed with, with Cleveland's consistency – throughout the season. They have boppers in that lineup. Jimenez has been unbelievable. Jose Ramirez is consistently among the best players in the sport. Shane Bieber's not the pitcher he was in 2020, but they always find a way to get out. My money would actually be on Cleveland to win their division, but right now the the India, excuse me, the Guardians, um, the Twins, and the White Sox are all separated by one game. That's actually the best race in baseball with so many of these divisions uh, having been sealed so long ago. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There are so many people. Like I said, the next two nights, you got Braves, Mets, Scherzer, DeGrom. I mean, if, if the Brett's, if the Braves pull out two and there's only a game and a half, I mean, you know, living Jersey or New York, there's always that fear of something's going to happen in Mets land. Some decision, some injury, some wild, crazy thing will bring down the Mets. If they lose the next two games, there's going to be panic at the disco. <laughs> we'll start to see their owner, Steve Cohen, sending out irrational tweets after drinking expensive wine after games. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I, I watched, I've watched every pitch Jacob DeGrom has thrown this year. It's been three starts. I'm not sure that I've ever seen a better pitcher in my life. Now, obviously, we've seen pitchers go much deeper into games. Pedro in 99 and 2000, I think, was practically beyond reproach. 
We saw Randy Johnson dominate in 2001 in a way that we've rarely seen again, especially in the postseason. There are any number of great half seasons and even full seasons. Kershaw has been unbelievable. Verlander has been unbelievable. But it, it feels like an upset if Jacob deGrom doesn't strike you out. Jacob deGrom has been unbelievable, and it dates back to the start of last year. Since the start of last season, he's thrown 108 innings. During that time, the league is hitting 126 against him. He's turned your lineup into nine pitchers. And when I watched him face the Phillies, it was inevitable. Like the best pitchers in baseball are dominant. Jacob DeGrom is inevitable. Yeah, but the problem is I'm going to need four, five, six relievers after him. And that, and, that, and that becomes our problem in baseball because relievers are guys year to year. I mean, Blake Trinan had one of the greatest years ever as a reliever for the A's and the next year was a completely different guy. You don't that you know, if you have a Mariano Rivera or you have a Trevor Hoffman or a Bruce Suter or one of these guys that lasts forever and, and is lights out as a closer, great. But relievers, especially now when I'm talking about going deep into your bullpen every single night, Yes, like Dylan Cease last night. I, I got roped into the Verlander Cease. That Cease is out after five. You now need four, five, six guys to finish the game out. I'm so impressed with numbers, but if you're giving it to me for six or five innings, eh. I hear you, kid. I hear you. I, uh, and it's hard to dispute. The, the Mets have, have babied him for years now. Maybe that's been the right approach. Maybe it's not. I'll tell you what, though. How many managers have been able to dial up DeGrom, Scherzer, and then Edwin Diaz on the back end? I mean, that's that's the kind of – and Bassett's been great. Chris Bassett's been great for the Mets. Yeah. I trust Buck Showalter a lot more than I trust uh, managers of theirs in yesteryear. I mean, like, at minimum, he's not sending lewd pictures of himself. He generally has an idea what's going on. So, obviously, that's the baseline for the Mets manager. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Buck, Buck, has, Buck has this team. Like, he's got this team wrapped around his finger. I got – this <laughs> It feels different. It feels different here in New York. In all seriousness, uh, <laughs> putting, putting Vicky Calloway's cell phone to the side for just a moment. Hey, hey, hey remember, uh, was it last year or the year before, someone came up with all the bracket for all the Met problems throughout the years, that bracket? David Cohen pleasuring himself in the, in the bullpen. I mean, it had everything in there. I mean, the Mets fans were yearning for the days of Noah Syndergaard having hand, foot, and mouth disease, right? But in all candor, <laughs> in all candor, like, not to make light of that situation with Mickey Callaway, of course. What I'm saying is the baseline for Mets manager is literally garbage. And so Buck Showalter has this team wrapped around its finger and has generated really a, a, an awesome culture there. Like, it does feel a little bit different. The owner doesn't seem to be at his wit's end on every, on every given night. But obviously, they've, they've been operating from a position of strength all season long. Most people that I talk to over here view them as the favorite, of course. There is some East Coast bias, naturally. But the Mets feel like a team built for October from where I sit. I'm just not quite sure they can bop enough to win it all. Please tell me. Please make my day. Tell me about the panic about the New York Yankees in New York City. I want <laughs> doom and gloom. I want the panic, bus, the panic button. Send the missiles. Send the missiles. I want panic stories. So th there's a uh, producer on uh, Mike Greenberg's radio show that I work with named Nuno Teixeira. We asked him yesterday after I delivered some numbers about whether or not you know the, he's worried about the Yankees. <laughs> His first line was, oh, yeah, the season is over. That's how, <laughs> that's how these people are operating. Like th they have this massive lead in their division, right? 
they they have a, a player on pace at like 65 home runs. They've had the best pitching staff in the American League the whole season long. They're just you know hitting a you know obviously a bit of a downturn since the All Star break. But these people are genuinely freaking out. But look, in all candor, like this is a team that way overachieved early in the season. Like if you had told me the Yankees would be where they are now at this point, I would have told you I. I'm not seeing it. Like, this is a team I didn't think would even make the playoffs. And that's because, you know, Brian Cashman's building plan here was a little bit peculiar. Now, it's been proven to work over the course of a full season here. They, they picked the ball much better than, than you would have expected. They pitched great. Obviously, Judge is picking up his end of the bargain. But since the All-Star break, if you look at the lineup, like, their numbers are effectively – they're the Diamondbacks, the Pirates, and the Tigers, plus Aaron Judge. So they're not hitting. In 25 games since the All-Star break, they scored 40 runs without the benefit of the home run. They, they can't scratch across runs. They can't manufacture runs, which is something that they're just seemingly willing to deal with. I'm just not sure, so sure that in a playoff series, they, they're they positioned well if you don't get a homer or two of that series from Aaron Judge or, or John Carlos Stanton or whomever. Not to mention the fact that <laughs> in the first half of the season, the Yankees were 57-5 and five in games in which they had a lead in the seventh inning or later. They were 57-5 and five in those games. Since the All-Star break, they're 7-5. and five. In those games, for as bad as the lineup has been, the back end of their bullpen, for my money, is their single biggest problem. Doom and gloom, five alarm fire. Oh, you just made my day. Uh, let's go to another <laughs> one that the fire the fire hasn't started yet, but it's going to be here come postseason time, and that's your favorites, the LA Dodgers. They couldn't get it done last year with Scherzer and Walker Bueller. Now no Scherzer, big lead. But no Walker Bueller for the postseason. They're going to cruise into the postseason because they're they're just a steamroller over people. But once we get in those series and you don't have your best starter, how do you feel about the Dodgers? Um, I feel much worse about the Dodgers than I should when you look at the numbers. Obviously, their record is unbelievable. They're going to win 115 games in their sleep. They're outscoring their opponent by more than two runs per game. All right, the last team to do that over a full season was the 1939 Yankees. That's how good the Dodgers are. They've been unbelievable. The top third of their order is historically good. They've gotten contributions, at least lately, from all over the diamond, whereas during the you know middle of the season, the middle third of their order was not productive. This team is absolutely stacked. But I don't know why, for the life of me, their general manager did not do a more aggressive play at the deadline in uh, buffering his bullpen. Because that group right now ain't good enough. I'm not confident that the Dodgers are going to win games in which they enter the ninth inning with a one-run lead. I'm not. That's because they rank 24th in ERA right now in the ninth inning. And Craig Kimbrell can't find his release point if his life depended on it. He was spraying the ball yesterday, too. He absolutely must be removed from that role, and you have to go by committee. And let's be honest. If we're just going to be fair and honest about all of this, the Dodgers should have much more than one World Series title since 2017. Dave Roberts at least in my opinion, has cost them at least one with how he's mismanaged that bullpen over the last five years. And there's no obvious reason for me to believe that he has the right guys back there now. Not to mention, he doesn't have his best pitcher in Walker Bueller. Not to mention, he's going to be lucky if Clayton Kershaw can get him 15 outs in any given game without his back being thrown out, right? Like, I don't know how they're going to get 27 outs enough times to win the World Series. I think they can definitely win plenty of games 8-6. to But the the Dodgers are going to have to be up 6-1 to entering the ninth inning for me to feel like, oh, yeah. They're definitely going to win that game. I'll tell you what, you're going to learn about the epidural shot pretty soon. What, when, when, when's the due date? Um, uh, September 8th. September yeah, 8th. You're, you're going to learn, like, when they do that, you see how big that needle is, 
and you, you just go, oh, my God. And that's, you know what, whenever I heard pitcher, golfer, anybody that has back problems, football player, oh, they're getting an epidural shot. It was never a big deal for me, right, because I didn't know. Wife was pregnant, epidural shot, and I saw the needle and I went, oh, now I get it. That, 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 that's not, that's not like, Hey, bend over right in your beep and the shots over Bye. I mean, no, no, no. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So Clayton Kershaw, I mean, who knows, by the way, and, and I know with LeBron James, Dallas Cowboys, college football, everything going on in your world, A's <laughs> Rangers will not make it in any of the blocks on get up. But you talk about a crazy dumpster dumpster fire series. We just let go Jed Lowry. We end up in Texas against the Rangers in Arlington. We now let Piscotty go, and now today Elvis Andrus go. On the other side in their dugout, they fired their manager, and now John Daniels, the president of baseball ops. This is like the dumpster fire series of dumpster fires. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the, all the machinations on your club are curious. But the, the Ranger stuff has really caught me off guard. I mean, to fire your manager and your general manager in the same week is uh. really, really bizarre. And to see Chris Young up there with, with Daniels <laughs> only to, to snipe his job two days later is so friggin' weird. Now, obviously, Chris Young is very highly regarded in the industry. It's funny, John Daniels, it felt, feels like not so long ago, was like this wonder kid, right? And all of a sudden, he's like a senior statesman across baseball when you look at the way that teams hire general managers. I actually think that's a pretty attractive job. Ownership has, has obviously demonstrated a willingness to spend. They got the new ballpark. They got a, a couple studs in the middle of their diamond, a really, really good farm system. It's just so wild to me that it's all happening now and happening this way. And I'm always very curious to know, like, what kind of hand John Daniels had in any of the recent things that have happened? Because if this is a lame duck general manager, then then why did he have a say in signing Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon that are going to outlast him by a decade? Like the whole thing is very yeah. bizarre, but that is a, a division where helium is easier to come by than others. So it wouldn't stun me if, if that's, that becomes, it was become pretty attractive openings um, potentially and, and they could keep rising, but obviously there's a lot of dysfunction right there and it's sort of hard to cut through it all. You know, I got to tell you, you know, if I ever take anything and I, I test positive for it, I know I'm going to just lie my way out. Whether I, you know, I went to GNC and it was in this bottle of GNC and I don't know what happened or I got ringworm. I didn't even really know what ringworm was until I now had to read about it. I mean, it's amazing the excuses. I don't know how an anabolic steroid got in my system. I must have like fell onto a needle somewhere and it just like injected me. I mean, we've heard the lamest excuses over the years and yeah, we, the A's, we got to raise our hand. It's been here too. And it's been here recently with Ramon Laureano and Frankie Montas, but Fernando Tatis, I mean, this is like, if you're man enough to sign a 14 year, $340 million contract, you're man enough to own up to testing positive. It's, San Diego, it just goes to show when you ink up guys long term, man, you need to really, really, really be right because this contract, speaking of dumpster fires, boy, does this look bad. And there's a lot of years left on this deal. There's so many items to unpack here. Like there are so many different ways we can take this conversation. I would I would start by saying, though, never in my life have I ever seen 
a player's teammates, a player's manager, a player's general manager, say the things on the record that the Padres said about Fernando Tatis. I found it unbelievable. Effectively, everyone's saying in unison, grow up. You never see it. You never see it. But you saw it here and you saw it all the way around. You heard Joe, Joe Musgrove say, in effect, when they were told that there was Fernando Tatis news, they were relieved to, to learn that he had not died. That's how fast this guy lives. And that's how worried they were and have been about him. He was in multiple motorcycle accidents last offseason, and he still hasn't played since that. So, I mean, if he was already skating on thin ice, I mean, what is he, what is he doing now? I mean, he's, I guess he's treading frozen water. But, I mean, look, there is, there, there, uh, uh, there's a few things of which there are no question. He's obviously a generational-type talent. His 162-game average is 48 homers, 31 steals, with a batting line equivalent to the career of Stan Musial, all right, as a young shortstop. He is unbelievably talented. He is also, however, now going to be um, colored by this decision for the rest of his career. And look, dude, don't insult my intelligence. I'm sure you saw what, 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 you know, what wound up happening here with all these you know, drugs and side effects and whatnot. Like, he and his representation Googled the wrong drug. Like, yes. The thing, he, <laughs> the thing he said he took is called Bobetasol, which is what you would actually use for ringworm. His dad, a day later, went on the radio in the DR and said, that he was treating hair fungus. Like, guys, get your story together. It's outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. Don't insult my intelligence. Did you hear what Pedro guy's... had to say? Like, no, Pedro no. was like, Pedro on TBS at first was like, he can't do that, da, 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 da. But then Pedro tried to go into the, well, you know, it's different in the Dominican Republic. You know, so many of these kids, the language, not educated. Da, da. I mean, he started giving him a pass. And Jimmy Rollins was like, bro, come on. Like, even even Big Poppy, Big Poppy basically said, well, we got to think about star players and making them look bad. It's like, oh, my God, like, what are these guys talking about? Here's the thing. Like, they gave him that contract that you just described, that massive contract that you just described after 143 big league games. Do any of us honestly know what kind of player he actually is? Like, if you... If you start your career that historically good, and at one point you were a prospect that was worthy of being traded for James Shields, like, are you really this good? Like, is it? It's a fair and honest question. Ooh. If it's not, uh, yes. Well, I mean, we've we've seen it with our own two Look eyes. Out. No, Nate. We've also skinny seen, kid hitting all those uh -huh. home runs. Skinny kid hitting all those home runs. I mean, Jose Canseco, the great Oakland Athletic and former MVP, first forty forty guy. Jose Canseco told us, and I've had interviews with Jose. If it's too good to be true, and isn't kind of Fernando Tatis, now that we know about this, kind of like when A-Rod, no one wanted to really talk about how A-Rod really started doing this stuff when he was in Seattle, the wonder kid with 200 hits. You really have to start like wondering, like, is this guy really the greatest thing we've ever seen, or maybe there's something to it? And I'm also not convinced that he's the best candidate to be baseball's number one villain, which he will be and should be now. If, if he's playing in a stadium that I'm going to be in next year, I'm going to boo the living daylights out of him. Because not only did he cheat, but then he had the gall to tell me that he treated ringworm with that drug. Like, you have to be bleeping me. After you already, uh, you know, re recently after signing that contract that you did, lived like an absolute idiot all offseason? Like, he admitted to being in multiple wrecks on his bike. It just doesn't make any sense in the world to me. Like, why people are willing to defend him and give him a pass. Like, it's one thing to, like, be young, you know, and make mistakes. What he's doing is not being young and making mistakes. Like we shouldn't be excusing adults for doing childish things. And if you're on that side of the fence, then I just don't have any time for you. You have trivia? I have trivia. Oh, 
Let's my question it. for you is this on my way out. So right now, Aaron Judge leads the major leagues in home runs. And obviously, the Yankees, as you well know, aspire to win the World Series. And so my question for you is this. Who is the last player to lead the major leagues in home runs and win the World Series in the same season? Steve Balboni. Steve Balboni is incorrect. I don't think he ever did it either. With the Royals? Steve Balboni led uh, – he owns the Royals' single-season home run record. He never, however, led his league – in home runs. The highest he ever finished was third, although that was 1985. I was close. I knew he you won the good. World Series, and he was up there because this it's a tricky answer. It happened more recently than Steve Balboni in 1985. What year? 2008. Think of who's asking you this question. That's the Yankees and A-Rod? That was 09. Oh, that's 09. Oh, it's the Phillies. Uh, Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard. Is the, the last player Ryan, to do that. I'm going to tell you this, and this is a promise from me to you. If the Phillies win the World Series, I will buy me and you, and I'll hang it right somewhere here in my A's Cast Live studio. I want the Mike Schmidt light blue road jersey. The classic 1980 Philadelphia Phillies light blue Mike Schmidt, he was number 20, right? Mm-hmm. I will buy one for me and one for you. And oh, that's going to go in the shrine, baby. It. Oh, that sounds absolutely luscious. By the way, parenthetically, ha- having mentioned Mike Schmidt, he is the next most recent player to have done that in 1980. The last two wow. players to lead the majors in, in, a, uh, in homers in a World Series winning season are Howard in 08, Schmidt in 80, and those are the only two years the Phillies have ever won the series. Kind of a bizarre note, huh? Well, unbelievable. By the way, so it's getting uh, – it's almost go time for you. We got three weeks. We got three more weeks of my everlasting freedom, my sleep, Your golf uh, my, my, my quiet, my golf game, my suntan, my designer uh, haircuts. Is your wife done and, like, ready to go? She's never been more eager for anything in her life yeah. To, yeah. To, drink a, to drink a hazy IPA. <laughs> she yeah. she was like she's considering bringing stuff into the hospital like sneaking stuff into the hospital that she could take a swig of it's been you know so long yeah it, it's 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 like twins the pressure on them it's just so uncomfortable they can't sleep it's absolutely miserable so the whole like i love being pregnant oh that's gone it's like i'm ready to go and every day you get closer it's gonna be and then you're gonna have twins and your life has changed just to give you an idea today my twins started their junior year of high school oh my gosh dude how much money is college gonna cost by the time oh, my girls are 18 years old how much do you think it costs two years <laughs> that's why i gotta keep having you on i need i need ratings i need I, I mean i gotta have great guests like you i gotta get these kids through college I mean, as we established about half an hour ago, Cody's working three jobs for you right now just to try and just to try and get you the the books and the meal card. So it's uh, everyone's chipping in, <laughs> and, and, and they're like, "Well, we want to go to UCLA or we want to go to Santa Barbara, all places that's really cheap to live." Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. By the way, I I, I was uh, listening to you guys talking to Roxy real quick, and then I'll let you go. Um, this ridiculousness with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and like now the Big Ten just has like teams all over the world. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, let's imagine, like, a Rutgers-UCLA volleyball game, right? <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a shorter flight to travel from New York to Iceland <laughs> than it is to go from New York to L.A. Like, yeah. it's that far. That's what they're doing here. Like, that's the field hockey team is traveling from New York City to Reykjavik to play a friendly. That's what hey, they're doing hey, these days. I can't wait to win Oregon and Washington going the Big Ten. And you can have that great battle of women's softball, Maryland Terps against the Washington Huskies. That, <laughs> now, that's a conference rivalry I cannot wait for. Bro, I don't understand why they don't just decide, like, we'll do – football for everything and then for everything else we'll just keep doing what we were doing this like i understand why everyone's changing conferences but like what's to stop you from doing all of your olympic sports the same way and then using and then flying your football team all over the place like they're playing for the patriots like to me that's the sort of clear and obvious solution to all this nothing says conference play in volleyball like the university of minnesota against usc (laughs) welcome you're looking live from piscataway we have the california golden bears (laughs) Taking on the Scarlet Knights. Hey, hasn't it already been like when Nebraska is playing Wisconsin, it just doesn't look right? Now you're going to throw L.A. schools in there? Oh, my God. Seeing like USC play like a snow game in Michigan in December is going to be the (laughs) It's going to be so unattractive. It's going to be like seeing uh, Manny Machado field a ground ball in right center field. It's going to be so visually jarring. By the way, you are the best. And you know what? Just because I love you so much, I may set my alarm to get up to watch the star to get up tomorrow and just 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 get my LeBron James on. I just never, just, just tell me everything about the extension, two years, all the money. Just tell me if we're going to limit his time. Uh, are we going to? How many minutes are we going to play him? How many minutes should he play? I'm just I'm all in tomorrow morning. Listen, you're missing the obvious question, Chris. Can I ask? Can I ask you the yeah, obvious question? Yeah. How, how is this going to affect his legacy? Oh, my God. I mean, is, is he the greatest Laker of all time? <laughs> uh, and not, by the way, 930 or so, practically every single day, sneaky himbo time on Get Up. If you like sports trivia, that's what I do mine every single day. I'm in a heated battle with Dan Graziano, mostly football questions. But who knows? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I'll sneak LeBron James question in for the first time in Get Up history. I mean, you, for the 100. You are the best. And let us know when it happens because we have presents coming your way. You're a good man. Take care, buddy. The great Paul Hambakidis. You didn't think I would sneak in Steve Balboni, did you? I had no idea you were going that direction. None yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, because because I was because I know it's a trick question, kind of. Let's like it's not an obvious one, but now Ryan Howard, but but I remember there was something about Steve Balboni winning the World Series in '85. There's something about him and home runs. I don't know what it is. He is an answer to some type of tri- trivia question. Did he lead the American League in home runs? That was 1985, right? Yeah. Uh, Daryl Evans led the American League with 40. I just know there because there's something in my head about that, and I don't even know why I know that. 1985 was a long time ago. I was in eighth grade. I'm looking at something. I guess I have the list in front of me right now. The A's won the World Series, obviously, in 1989. Who led the American League in home runs that year? I would go Cecil Fielder. Uh, incorrect. Cecil Fielder led the league the following year of 51. The answer is Toronto Blue Jay legend, the crime dog, Fred McGriff, with 36. Fred, Fred, Fred McGriff is one of the few people, and another reason why he should be in the Hall of Fame. 
He's not the Hall of Good. Fred McGriff was a great player. Fred McGriff's one of the only guys to lead the American League and the National League in home runs. He was a great player. I'm with you 100%. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Do you remember when he led the National League in home runs? Was he a Padre? He was a Padre. So he did it as a Blue Jay and a Padre. Fred McGriff should be in the base. Fred McGriff, there's certain guys who just got swallowed up in the steroid era. Like all of a sudden, 600 home runs, 500 500 home runs. Like Fred McGriff hit almost 500 home runs. Very good defensively. Great player. All-star. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Five-time All-Star, uh, World Series champion, three-time Silver Slugger, All-Star game MVP, 52.6 war, we'll round it up 53, almost 2,500 hits, 493 home runs, a 284 average. Are we saying war matters or not? Because if we say war matters, Aaron Judge is your MVP. If you say war doesn't matter, then we're now talking Shohei Otani. So let me know, because you said it mattered with Trout. Are you saying it now? Does it, like, what, does it, when, does, when does it matter? Uh, it matters when it helps someone's argument. It sounds like anymore. Oh, okay. Like the the one we brought up the other day, and we'll and I think we'll always bring up is the Miguel Cabrera versus Mike Trout debate of 2013, when Trout had the better numbers in the WAR, but Miguel Cabrera had the triple crown year, and that was to a lot of people was more impressive. I mean, well, who was the last guy for the triple crown in the American League? Wasn't it Yaz? Before Miguel, before before Cabrera did, wasn't the last guy to do it Yaz? Yeah, Scott Yastrzemski. And then the last guy to do it in the National League is like Joe Medwick for the Cardinals. It was like in the forties. Was Yaz's was in the seventies? I was a I was like a real little kid when he did it. Uh, it might have. I kept thinking it was in the sixties, but it might have been. Uh, I think it's in the seventies. Let me just pull up the Triple Crown, see when he won it, or when he did it. He led in uh, 1967. 67. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was like 70-something, early 70s, but wow. But he didn't have, like, great stats. Yeah, that year at 67, Yaz hit uh, uh, Carl, not Mike, of the, the Giants, obviously. Uh, he hit 326, 44 bombs, 121 RBI, and a 193 OPS plus. Let me take that back. I say I thought he hit like 308. I take what I said. I take it back. Can I take another thing back? Oh yeah, I, was, I have it written down. You want to take something back? Uh, I, I'm not gonna from here on out. If I do, maybe you can get a sounder, like an old man river type sound. I don't know what sound that would be. I'm just done with starting pitching. I'm just done bitching about it. I bitched about it on all my NBC hits. I bitched about it on this show. And I just got my good friend John Gruden going, Townie, some guys, Townie, I'm just telling you, they're just bitchers. They're just bitchers. <laughs> so I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. So I'm not going to be it anymore. It's fine. This is what, we're do- this is what we do. We don't want a guy going through the lineup a third time. We want a guy just to go throw as hard as he can, try and strike everybody out for four or five innings. If I get six out of them, great. And that's starting pitching now. And until they start changing it back, that's what it is. Dylan Cease is 26 years old. He threw 93 pitches last night. He struck out four batters. He went five innings. Justin Verlander's 39. He went seven innings and threw 103 pitches. I don't get it. He he went two more innings with ten more pitches. Wait, wait, wait. What what don't you get? This is what this is why I'm changing. What don't you get? They do not want you 
facing the lineup a third time through. A guy like Verlander, who has all the cachet, you go out and he's going to tell you to go stiff it. But all these other guys, they've been trained to do this. So this is routine to them. This was why I always said about DeGrom was, and why I always laughed at your argument that wins don't matter, look at DeGrom. DeGrom's not trained to win. DeGrom's he's trained to run half the race. It's like, oh, six innings, okay, here's the ball. I, I did my job. I mean, that's how we have trained these guys. You had it, Cody, and I don't think we ever got to it. Rancho Cucamonga. I was just looking it up. On our stock, and you see I got the Stockton Port shirt on today. Um, courtesy friend of the program, Alex Jensen. Who are they affiliate? They used to be the Padres. Who are they now? Uh, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes are the Dodgers low A affiliate in the Cal League. Okay. They're pitchers. They're starting pitchers, and they shouldn't even be called starters. They're averaging less than three innings a start this year. Is that correct? Yeah, it's actually – I have an update in a few days, but when I did it the other day, they were averaging around 2.7 innings pitch per game. Well, there you have it. There you have it. They, the, the Dodgers, who are model franchise right now for winning, down in their low A, because you know guys pitched more than that in high school. Guys pitched more than that in college. Dodgers are getting them and saying, "Nope, we're not going to pitch you. We're not going to, we're not going to really throw you all that much. You're going to go less than three innings a start." I don't see MLB Network saying anything about it. I don't see Baseball America any publications talking about it. We're just accepting it now. So we're training guys not 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 to play a long time. We're training guys, if you're right-handed, you hit against left-handers. If you're left-handed, you hit against right-handers. We're, we're, we're not training complete packages as athletes in baseball anymore. We're training specialties. That's what we're doing. Now, if you're a great, great player, you'll be different. But the average baseball player is being trained to be a part-time guy. And that's why I look at Shohei Otani and we marvel. He pitches. Yeah. Five, six innings. Every once in a while against a bad lineup, Kansas City, Boston, he's gone deep. But most parties, five, six innings. Every five days. And not every five days at the start of the year. How much is really that worth? Is that all that great? I mean... Really talking about greatness, I'm just going to let it go. Because at some point, it's, I'm going to get tired of talking about it. Fans are going to get tired of listening to it. You just got to accept where the game is. I don't run the game. I don't train the athletes. I don't make the decisions. I'm not a general manager. I don't set the tone for an organization. So I just got to live with this is what it is. And if a guy goes seven, oh, my God, it's great. But I have to have expectations that tonight, you know, that you're going to see who's going tonight. Is it an aller? aller? Yeah, what Adam what aller. should I expect tonight? Six or less. So every single night I need to expect six innings or less. I mean, that's what it is. Right, by the way, I just looked it up to get the updated stats. In 109 games for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, it's the Cal League, their starters are four and twenty-three with a five-two-one ERA. Obviously, 
in 109 games, they've gone 295 in a third innings. That rounds out to 2.7 innings pitch per start. What do you want me to do? What should I do? There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And, and complain about it every day doesn't do us any good. No, and it's just the way – unfortunately, it's the way the game's been trending for a while now. I mean, now we're getting guys to go less than three innings in, in the minor leagues where – at least in Stockton, Alex told me over the weekend, though at least in Stockton, the guy goes, the, they try to get their pitchers to five innings or 100 pitches. At least that's something, not three innings or less. Yeah, I, 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 you better make your bullpen guys better. I mean, you got to have such a good bullpen to survive that, and you're going to have to go through so many arms to survive that. And, oh, by the way, you know, the Rays – the Rays have their problems. Stadium's not good. Uh, the majority of the population actually lives in Tampa, not in St. Pete. A lot of traffic to get over to Tampa. There's a bridge situation that supposedly is a nightmare. With all that said, you know, the Rays, for the most part, are just not a very entertaining team. They're just not. I mean, you watch their games – the whole thing's mixed match. The whole thing is bullpen mixed match. Are they, are they really for from just an average person who wants to get excited and watch a game? Would you say the Rays are that entertaining? No, not. I mean, from that standpoint, no, because their starters don't go long. They use a lot of relievers. Half the time, you don't even know who the relievers are. Like their best reliever right now is Jason Adam. No one has idea any idea who he is. Uh, I, I have to look it up, but I'm sure they have a extraordinary uh, number of relievers that have saves this year. What they had the record a couple years ago, 13 different guys with a save. I'm sure they're getting close to that this year. Wander Franco is their future, but he's hurt. But at least they've made a commitment to him. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – and they – and, you know, and, I, and we're glass – you know, glass house can't throw stones, right? But, seriously, it's like you don't play people, you don't pitch them, you know – there is the data aspect of it. There also is the financial aspect of it. When you have a guy that does it, when you have pitchers that don't throw a ton of innings, you don't have to pay him a lot of money because you've already tried to, th- you've already, I, I wonder. Now the wins don't matter comes from the Sabre community, but the lack of innings pitched and not wanting a ton of innings pitched because when you don't pitch a ton of innings, you can't rack up stats, right? You can't rack up huge numbers with these math equations. Is that something that teams don't want to do also because that keeps payroll down? I 100% agree with that, and you're seeing it more. Like The Rays are obviously at the forefront. of it. Right now they have 488 innings pitched from their relievers. That's the most in baseball. So they're, obviously their starters don't go long, and they have nine different guys. I just like nine different guys have a save this year for them. So you, you can bring these guys out and not pay them anything, and then that hurts them going forward because we'll say, hey, well, you know, in arbitration, well, you only pitched this many innings or you only did this, so we really don't have to and pay you. You'd be them. like, you only allowed me. Hey, Ryan Stanick kind of let us know. Dudes ain't loving playing in Tampa Bay. Like, you're, it's great to be in the big leagues, all that, but guys aren't loving playing in Tampa Bay. But what are you going to do? And you got to go along with it because you're not guys with long-term contracts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have started a new segment on A's Cast that you'll be able to listen to. A's Cast is phenomenal. It gives you all your A's news. Inside the A's is our new podcast that you'll hear. And we're going to go in-depth on people who work for the A's and who have worked for the A's for a very long time. And they've been a big part of the fabric for the A's. They've been in the A's family. And this is the very first time you're ever going to hear it. And the full edition you'll be able to hear on A's cast. And we decided that there's no greater person to launch this new podcast then VP of Stadia, Stadium Operations, the great David Renetti, joins us right here for our new podcast, Inside the A's. Well, welcome to our very first edition of Inside the A's. This is going to be a look at some of the people that work for this great organization, and they make everything happen. And when I thought about the first person that we should interview is somebody that's been no doubt a big part of the A's family for a very long time. He's been a dear friend for a long time, and a lot of you fans know him. That was the one thing about who are we going to do first. We want to do somebody inside the A's that you truly know, and I think of David Renetti as such a big part of the athletics, the vice president of stadium operations. What a great idea to have him be our first guest for this my friend, welcome to the program, and I knew you'd be ideal to be the first guy out of the shoe. I am very, very honored to be uh, doing this for the first time. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be a part of this. You know, I think about your commitment to the organization. What, 42 years you've been doing this? Yeah, it, uh, it was um, April of 1981 when I started. I was a junior in high school at Bishop O'Dowd High up the hill here. And I worked opening night and we were just coming back from a, uh, a road trip where we won every single game on the road trip. And uh, we played the Mariners that night. And I think we won something like 10 to one or eight to nine. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a high score game uh, that the A's won. The place was packed. Uh, I was passing out. I was working for the, um, for the giveaway crew. I was passing out a, um, a newspaper that was the sporting green and it had Billy Martin on the front of the sporting green cover. And we were, we were passing that out to fans as they came in. So that's when I started 1981. You know, I was thinking about this last hall of fame class and how special it was. And, and, and I talked about how, you know, normally these hall of fame classes, it's always about the X players, right? This guy won X amount of world series and MVPs oh. and all this kind of stuff. But we had two guys in this Hall of Fame class who were just basically A's family. When you think of Steve Vucinich and you think about Keith Lippman, and for both these guys, over 50 years of service to this organization, to the community, to the city of Oakland, what they have done. And watching it, and always there's one constant, you, 
you're always on the field, you're always on the walkie-talkie. And I thought, you know, while you were watching this and watching these guys get honored, at any point do you think about yourself? Because you're 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 ten plus years away from them, but you're in that same kind of line like them when you start talking about your entire life you've worked for one organization. I, I know that it's not common because I talk to people every day about how long I've been here and I just remember coming in that I looked up to guys like Steve and I didn't get to know Keith until a little bit later, but uh, just, uh, I mean, I was so uh, honored to know and work with both of those guys uh, over the time. But yeah, of course I'm on the field going, yeah, I've always been kind of on the scene here, but I don't look at it. I'm not, I mean, I've never thrown out a first pitch and um, I always, I kind of like to be under the radar myself. But I do look at it and go, you know what? It's a pretty incredible achievement for both of them, and and I know that I'm on that on that path that, uh, and hopefully I'll get there as well to get uh, 50 plus years in. Um, but I I'm just going to take it year by year, day by day. But uh, but I'm definitely honored to be a part of those those times with these guys. Well, and I can take people behind the scenes. It's just not a job that you're doing uh, every once in a while or you're just doing nine to five. He, I've actually watched you do business globally on a bus in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> if people remember when we started to remodel the Coliseum, the Raiders are gone. So we're, you know, we're doing the, you know, the Bud Light Terrace and we're doing all these kinds of different things at the stadium. You were making sure – all of construction was going on. We're all partying in Tokyo, and here you are, and you're writing emails and everything, and you're halfway across the world. So people need to know that you're working on this stadium year-round all the time and even when you're out of the country. Well, that's the, uh, that's the, one, that's the greatness of having a cell phone and having connectivity anywhere you can be because, like I said, I'm accessible, so uh, – I, I, on that trip, I was I was actually kind of thinking about maybe I shouldn't go because um, there was so much going on here. But I fully trust my staff and I fully trust my contractors that I knew during that time. As long as I could touch base with them at the right time each day, because you know we have the time change difference. But uh, I knew that I could I could still be a part of it and still get things done while being over there. And and yeah, I did party too, by the way, when I was in Tokyo, (laughs) I had a good time as well. So, so what people also need to understand, it's just not baseball. We have other events, whether it's concerts, it's motocross, it's monster trucks. Talk about how the responsibilities also away from just baseball. Well, you know, it's obviously changed after the Raiders left here, but I mean, we, you know, we share this building, we share the field with the facility, and there'll be times when there'll be other events, uh, sometimes during the season. Uh, as a matter of fact, next month, there's a Bad Bunny concert, I think it's on the 14th of September, and uh, in which I have to coordinate and I have to work with the facility to make sure that the stadium is ready for them, for their event, and then put back in place for us for our event. Uh, in the off season, you know, we're done with our games, usually in October, and uh, then there's that gap where at the you know from October uh, when we our season ends until uh, the season starts up again in usually late mid to late March that we're not doing anything in the in the stadium and they'll have uh, they'll have a monster truck or they'll have a uh, um, they'll have a motocross um, event 
but then we uh, we have to always put the field back in as well. So so uh, there's a lot of coordination, a lot of communication I have with the facility. I actually have every two weeks I have a call with their management just to kind of go over things that we share together and work together on. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of things. It's not just baseball, but yeah. Since the Raiders left, it's it's a lot more baseball than other things. You know, ever since I've been out of the treehouse because of COVID, and I've been doing a lot of shows back in the press box, and I've really been observing the stuff going on below me, you know, because usually I'm on the field of the treehouse. I don't see stuff. You're in the stands a lot. And I know that the people in left field and right field and behind home plate and season ticket holders, you you have a relationship with the fans. Now, obviously, you know, year after year, that changes. So just talk about, you know, ever since you started doing this job, you've met so many different people. You interact with so many different fans. And I'm sure you've got friends, lifelong friends, always new fan, new friends coming in. Just talk about what it's been like all these years, your relationship with the A's fan base. Well, I know, I don't know how many I know, but I know, I mean, I know hundreds of them out there and, uh, and I hear from hundreds of them during the baseball season and a game like the, uh, the game on Saturday against the giants that we just had, I get worn out because I've got people all over the stadium and they'll text me and say, Hey, Renetti, will you come up and see me? Renetti, will you come up and see me? (laughs) I went from the East Side Club Suites over to someone's over in the uh, the Budweiser uh, the Budweiser Hero Deck, over to the terrace seats, up to another suite. So I think I did I think I did twelve miles on that day just visiting people. But but I love talking to them and um, but they're all over the place. But there are some that I see you know regularly. But you know people that come out a couple times a year that know me, I, they, they text me and I go by and visit them. So I like to talk to the people. I like to, uh, I like to be out there and um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I like to be accessible to people. So it's, it's great for me. And I, and I know they enjoy it as well. You know, I I have people ask me about Moneyball, and what I tell them is the game would end, you know, whoever won the game, everybody high five, shakes hands, everybody leaves, fans leave. And a lot of time when I'm doing the post game show, the stadium's just empty except Clay Wood and his staff working on the field. But the filming of Moneyball, I would sit there and watch them as I'm taking the phone calls. I'm sitting there watching them basically turn the stadium back into 2002, right? So you got to put the outfield wall that now has to say Fox Sports the way it used to in 02. The scoreboards would change. The Montreal Expos all of a sudden were back in business. And Tampa is back to being the devil rays and not the race. So it was like fascinating going, watching them trying to get everything correct. And the way the outfield wall was different back then on how high it was or low it was in certain points. And then you got all the extras that are coming in and you got the players and they're filming. That's what I saw, but I'm doing the post game show. What was it like for you, the filming of the movie Moneyball and just having to make all that happen? Well, the uh, the whole thing started. It was uh, it was MLK Day, and uh, I think it was 2010 or 2009, 2010 or 2009. And I had the day off from work, and uh, Billy Bean called me and he said, "Can you come down to the stadium today 
we're going to do we're going to have a meeting with uh bennett miller and brad pitt bennett bennett miller being the uh director and brad pitt being obviously brad pitt i've heard of him so uh i said well i guess i can take today uh go back into work today on that um on that issue so i came down here and and when that happened i said because i heard a lot about this possibly happen and i said yeah right but uh the fact that we were meeting directly, just the four of us, uh, to talk about stuff, um, this was real all of a sudden. So, so that started it, and then I got to meet the uh, production crew people, and then uh, they had a couple more scouting events out, out at the stadium prior to them, you know, setting the schedule and everything. And I do remember um, I was on a golf cart with Brad Pitt, just the two of us. And we had a uh, high school baseball game going on at the stadium that day. And they had a food stand open uh, right right below where my office is here at Section 121. And uh, Brad Pitt said to me, uh, hey, uh, Renetti, would you like a hot dog? I go, yeah, I'd like a hot dog. But can I tell my friends that Brad Pitt bought me a hot dog? And he goes, yeah, sure, no problem. So, so that was – so then once again, I knew this was getting real. So, uh, so they did the scouting events and then, um, then we set up the schedule and it was, I think 11 days straight starting at the end of August, I believe in early, maybe it was the end of, yeah, end of August and early September. And, uh, the A's finished a road trip on a Sunday and then we were going to be gone until like at least for seven or eight days. And uh, so right after that game ended, like you said, they came in here and they changed all the pads on the outfield wall. Uh, they had to rewire lighting throughout. And so they did all this stuff to make it look like it was back to 2002. And then when the actual filming started, they had all these production people come in and they had, you know, they put out something to have fans come be a part of the movie and they gave you hot dogs and soda or whatever and so they had all the people they were coordinating out in the stands and they started filming from 4 p.m to 4 a.m for the night shots and then that went all the way through while the team was away and then when the team came back we had a couple of night games so they filmed some stuff during the daytime uh but it was just incredible it was it was, it was a ton of work it was a ton of fun to be a part of it but uh but uh for all the work they did over that 11 days i think they only took about two minutes of film from there to put in the movie. But more importantly, you had a hot dog with Brad Pitt. I did. I did. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, that's something like, oh, you, you know Brad Pitt? Well, yeah, we've had a hot dog together. In my office here, if anyone ever came by my <laughs> my, my office was uh, actually uh, the office that they modeled the movie over for Brad Pitt. So they took my office here at the Coliseum and they made a prototype at Culver City at the uh, at the uh, studio. Um, but so there was one scene where they shot from down in section 121 looking up into my office. And that night, it was like two in the morning. Both Brad Pitt and uh, Jonah Hill were here in my office while I was outside the door. Uh, so I have a photo in my office signed by the two of those guys from that night. So that was pretty cool. You're a part of just not like some guy who's worked for the A's and is going to have a a, a, a a nice retirement. The A's have been your life, and you're a part of this family. Like, And that's why I wanted to open up with, with Steve Vucinich and Keith Lippman because they're the same way. Their entire adult life has been the Oakland Athletics. 
when you think about that family and what it means to you, not just you, but your entire family, what does it mean to you to be a part of the A's family? Um, it's the biggest honor I've ever had. Um, well, being, uh, being in my own family, obviously, is my biggest honor. But being in this family with all the people that I've met along the way, all of the friends I've made along the way, all of the experiences that I've had along the way, is you know i i you know i don't i don't even know what to say because it's so powerful and so great so um i love being a part of it i've always loved being a part of it and uh a recent uh former manager of ours uh when he when he left and bob melvin when he left and went to san diego i sent him a text congratulating him and he said uh he said you're green and gold never forever and so am i so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. You can hear the entire podcast. It's our new podcast, Inside the A's. These are the kind of stories you're going to get. There's a whole nother 15 minutes. But these are the kind of stories you're going to get. Brad Pitt buying Dave Renetti a hot dog. Jonah Hill and 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 Brad Pitt in his office. The office in the movie is based off his office. Stories like that that you won't get anywhere else. We're going to go in-depth with people that have been in this organization. Really, going in-depth with the family is what it's like. People have been around here for a long, long time because that's how the A's roll. Everybody who's been around has been around. There's no newbies. I mean, there's newbies that come in and out, but people that have been around the team and just around the organization, most people have been, they've been around here a long time. We're going to celebrate these people and we're going to give you, the A's fans, their story. And we're going to do it throughout the rest of the season, the off season into next year. You're going to get to know the A's. And that's why we're creating the podcast and have created the podcast and have created the podcast inside the A's. Well, that was a terrific show, huh, Commander? And by the way, we're going to be in the Treehouse when? We're going to be in the Treehouse Friday from 4 to 5.30 uh, for the happy hour in the Queen Fireworks show. Uh, we're going to Connect 4, Catherine Aker. She gave us Connect 4. Fans can play us with the Connect 4 game. We're going to have another A's uh player that's from the Bay Area, like we had Paul Blackburn last time. I got to confirm. We're going to have Cal Stevenson join us in the treehouse. Nice. On Friday. So we'll have Mark Kotze, uh, probably Dallas Braden, because Dallas is actually calling the game from out in the treehouse uh, where Glenn will be in the booth. So Dallas will be in the treehouse. So we'll get him on Kotze, Cal Stevenson, and it's going to be a good time out there. Quickly with the Renetti uh, interview, if you want to watch the full interview, it's on athletics or youtube.com slash athletics. It's on the playlist, Ace Cast Live, and you'll see it right there. So I already have it uploaded to YouTube. Just go to the A's YouTube page, and you can find it. Yeah, it's under. There's a playlist you can or search Dave Renetti, and you'll find it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Shouldn't be that hard to find, right? Go to the A's YouTube page. Yeah, it's under. The, I have to upload them under a playlist, and it's under the A's Cast Live playlist, and then all of our interviews that I put up there are in there. And Renetti will be the most recent one. All righty, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live. We want to thank Roxy Bernstein, Paul Hambakides from ESPN, and Dave Renetti, Vice President of Stadium uh, Stadium Operations. Coming up next, A's Total Access, getting you ready for. Well, this is game three of the four-game set. We are off tomorrow. Correct. And back Friday at four to, in the treehouse. Come see us in the treehouse. A's baseball coming your way next right here on A's Cast. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 